From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And let me welcome you back to the Cannabis Podcast once more. This is episode 108. If this is your first visit, well, an especially warm welcome for you. We're going to fill the next 30 or 40 minutes with all kinds of information about cannabis for you. If that's what you're looking for, well, you came to the right place. Let me remind you, this program is intended for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction and is intended purely for entertainment purposes. You should always consume your cannabis responsibly. This episode, well, let's see what we've got. We're going to look at a question that I often ask, and I've had many conversations with people, and everybody seems to have a different answer to this. How long does a marijuana high last? Or more specifically, how long does your marijuana high last? I think we're all a little bit different in that regard, but we'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, a story from my buddy David Wiley at the Okanagan Zee on the fact that we now have a date for Farmgate to kick off in B.C., and we have an interview this episode with Taurus Batiste. Taurus is a former NFL player who's written a book all about controlling the toxic nature that many people have with cannabis. It's called Don't Let It Smoke You. That interview is coming up. Plus, on Cultivar Corner, we are going to a unique craft cannabis grower that we don't have much access to across the country. Only available in three provinces, but my Mendo order came in. And I got some. Tommy's Craft Cannabis. We're going to sample Pink Mandarin on Cultivar Corner. Plus, we have a cannabis story. Another cannabis story to share with you from a listener. That and more on episode 108 of the Cannabis Podcast. And before we get too far along, let me once again thank you for being here as a listener. I really appreciate your support. And I also want to thank some subscribers for continuing their support as well. Christine, William, Jordana, thank you so much. I really appreciate it each and every month. Our first story today is going to come from my friend David Wiley at OkanaganZ.com. And this is something we've been waiting for in British Columbia. Farmgate cannabis is closer to reality here in BC. Farm to rolling table cannabis is one step closer. The province announced this week that starting November 30th, cannabis producers will be able to apply for Farmgate. The new Producer Retail Store License, or PRS, will allow eligible federally licensed cannabis producers to sell non-medical cannabis products from stores located at their cultivation site. The fourth anniversary of the legalization of cannabis in BC is around the corner, and we continue to look for ways to support growth of the legal market while providing safe and accessible options for British Columbians says BC's Minister of Public Safety and Solicitor General, Mike Farnworth. The PRS license is another way we are working to support the success of BC-based producers. Applications will be open at the end of November through the Liquor and Cannabis Regulation Branch's LCRB, Liquor and Cannabis Licensing Portal. All federal standard cultivator, micro-cultivator, and nursery license holders will be eligible to apply, says the government. Some cannabis growers have been eager for the new rules to take effect. Earlier this year, farmers gathered for a roundtable in Kelowna where they also discussed the possibility of on-site consumption. The overall sense was that the province has been dragging its feet. The government does not have the vision for cannabis that they need to have. The public is way out ahead on this. 
they see the opportunities, said Roundtable moderator David Herford at the time. One indigenous grower, sugarcane cannabis in Williams Lake, has already launched BC's first farm gate operation under a special government-to-government agreement with the province. The province says PRS licenses are intended to support the development of a robust, diverse, and sustainable legal cannabis economy that is inclusive of indigenous and rural communities. Licensed cannabis producers and retail stores in BC interested in participating in direct delivery can find information on the BC LDB website. And here's some further facts about cannabis in BC. The legal cannabis production sector has grown each year since legalization. As of August 2022, BC had 212 federally licensed cannabis producers, 74 of which are microproducers, as well as 34 public cannabis stores and 441 licenses issued for private cannabis retail stores. Six First Nations have signed S.119 agreements, including Williams Lake First Nation, which was BC's first production facility to sell directly to customers. As of September 28, 2022, there are 350 direct delivery products available from 47 cultivators and 26 processors registered in the program. Products available to licensed and authorized retailers under the direct delivery program will continue to expand over the coming months as licensed cannabis producers complete the registration for eligible products. This year, the province introduced a BC Indigenous Cannabis Product Program, which highlights cannabis products from BC-based Indigenous cannabis producers in private cannabis retail stores, BC cannabis stores, and online, helping consumers easily identify Indigenous products and make purchasing decisions. The results of the recent engagement with British Columbians, stakeholders, and Indigenous partners about cannabis consumption spaces is under review, and a What We Heard report is expected to be released later this year. And thanks again to David Wiley and Okanagan Z for that story. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Entrepreneur and former athlete Terrence Batiste cautions people, smoke it, but don't let it smoke you. After his football career ended abruptly, he switched directions, traveling, researching, and becoming the clever chief. Terrence explored future conversations around cannabis and shares his story of how smoking affected his life starting at a young age. And you'll be pleased to know that with me today is Terrence Batiste, the author of Don't Let It Smoke You. Terrence, welcome to the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for having me on, Gary. I um, I, I... I'm going to enjoy this conversation. I could already tell, so thank you for that. Oh, excellent! And I'm really pleased to have you here. As you may or may not know, of course, the Cannabis Podcast is focused on cannabis, and mm-hmm. as you have indicated in your book, and many of us have had conversations, we've all come to this plant in a different way, and and we all have different purposes and different reasons for our use of cannabis. And I thought it was really interesting, and, and so I, I took a sample of your book. What I was thinking, Taras, to kind of set it up, whether you want to read it or whether you would like me to read it, I was just thinking there's just a couple of paragraphs in the last section of your first paragraph that I think kind of sums up what your book is all, all about. Now, I haven't asked you in advance, so that might be <laughs> might be. Unfair. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. I, I, like, I like where it's going. Feel free to read it. Read it. I'm, I'm curious of what you take from it. This is the, the last part of the, the introductory chapter to Don't Let It Smoke You. Then there was me. Instead of handling my problems, I rolled them up and smoked them. I did that with everything, no matter what or who the problem was, with school, sports, family, or friends. If my friends and I argued, instead of talking it out, I'd say, who cares, and go roll up. I smoked, and all my worries vanished, at least for the moment. But when I came down, I would just roll another one and get high again. Truth be told, I used weed for recreation and medication. I never felt it was necessary to take pills, even before I was mainstream. 
But after smoking consistently, weed became my go-to, my best friend. I smoked any chance I could get, as long as I had enough time to get right so my folks wouldn't know. My mom was teaching at my high school, and my dad was a firearms training instructor at the time. He was working nine to five then, and when he came home, he would head straight to the gym. I knew his pattern, and it was super easy to dodge when I was trying to get high. To avoid my mom, I would wait until she went to school. Then I'd roll up in the backyard, being paranoid as hell that she might come back before she forgot something. For the most part, I got away with hiding it from my parents. My dad had no clue for the longest time, which I thought was funny because he had a law enforcement background. He arrests people for stuff like this all the time, but he doesn't know his own son, does it? I thought. <laughs> Give us your cannabis story, Tars. How did you get started with it? You know, just listening to that, that makes me laugh because I remember those days, right? I remember when I was going through that and then I remember when I was writing that. So it's funny. Uh, initially, Gary, I just got started with some friends, just like normal, all of us, right? Right, you just, you're in high school, you guys are just excited, you know, you're learning different things and cannabis was just one of the things that we ran into and uh, we all enjoyed it and it brought a lot of fun things to us. It brought a lot of laughter to us and uh, that's our, our starting point for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when did you realize that that just smoking weed for the sake of smoking weed was not where you wanted to take your life, Taurus? Yeah, it's kind of right after, towards the end of college. Um, I just finished my college stuff and everything like that. And I was trying to get to that next level of my career, of my life. But I was still doing the same old things that I was doing from back in high school. That continuous smoking, that continuously rolling up when things don't go my way or when things do go my way. And I knew I wanted to get out of this habit healthier ways to do it other than just smoke it right so i had to learn a little bit more about where the plant's going a little bit more about myself for sure okay well t tell us a little bit about that journey how how did you begin that process and and what are some of the insights that you've discovered yeah so at the beginning i was just smoking right i went out to denver to go meet Amada to learn a little bit more about the pros around cannabis and he gave me a boatload of information about what's to come the different healthy ways you can use, et cetera. After I left Denver, I went over to Sacramento to, re to meet with a lady named Carla Lowe. She was a part of Nancy Reagan's campaign. She told me all the cons on cannabis, right? What not to use, what not to use, et cetera. Between those two perspectives, I was able to gather information and just drill it into myself. And some of the things I'll drill into myself, Gary, I'll tell you in the short was, first off, you can use differently different scenarios i wasn't like that at first right i didn't know about the different candies and different gummies etc so that's the information i learned from it for sure and that's what i kind of lean my hand on for sure to this day excellent and and so what approach do you take in your daily life now taris what is what is your approach with cannabis and what are some of the discoveries you've made that you can share with the audience that, that can help everybody else yeah it's more of like microdosing on my end Right. It's more of knowing the power of when to use for me. It's completely different from my friends, right? Or my other friends that I smoke with, et cetera. So knowing how to use and when to use is big. And on top of that, knowing if you want to use for the long term of your life, knowing the most healthiest way to kind of go around that. You have so many different types of oils, so many different types of ointments coming out. We didn't have that back then, Gary. We just didn't, right? So, so utilizing that, experiencing some of that is kind of what I ask people to do. And I think that's the best way to kind of start. Okay. And uh, so somebody comes along and, and 
I mean, I don't know if you have listened to the podcast. Its focus is definitely on the recreational aspects of cannabis and yeah. the fact that, that they mm-hmm. were here for the enjoyment of it. And in fact, I had a, a listener contact me just this last week, and he actually kind of suggested that I was at the stage where you're talking about where I am. I, I'm only focused on cannabis. That's the, that's all of my world, and, and that's all I worry about. Not true, of course. There are other things in my life, <laughs> which I had to, had to tell him that. But I do understand that that is a concern that people can fall into that, shall we call it that, that stoner dungeon where all you're concerned about is getting high and that next high and, and driving that next high and not worrying about anything else in your life. So exactly. So how did you take exactly. that first step, Taurus? Yeah. So the first thing I had to do was acknowledge my issue, right? I had to say, hey, there is a problem here and it's okay with showing my problem. I don't have to hide behind cannabis. I don't have to say, no, I only do it sometimes. So I showed my problem. That was the first thing. The second thing was I removed myself from my normal day-to-day things that I was doing, right? Whether I was going here, whether I was driving here. So I tried to switch up my normal day-to-day flows, and that kind of helped switch up my mind and switch up what I want to do. That's how I normally say, Gary, it all depends on people and how they kind of start. Right. Some people are elderly who don't want to let it smoke them. Some people are young. But for the most part, it was the acknowledgement that I had this issue. And then the second part around it was figuring out ways to use that won't necessarily control me in the ways that I choose to use. Is that making sense? Yeah, there? yeah, totally. OK, because it's different for everyone. It's completely different for everyone. And, uh, you know, you can overuse on anything. But this particular here is cannabis. And I don't want you to think I'm not for cannabis, Gary. I'm all about cannabis advocacy. I just know later on down the line, we're going to get to a problem like we did wine, where it started off as grapes and then it moved into wine. And then if you let it age, you go into brandy. And then if you let it, you know, it's it's just so much that kind of goes on. And I, okay, Gary, all I'm saying is you got to be able to control yourself as this cannabis rolls into or evolves into this intoxicating system that it's going to eventually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's all I'm saying. Everybody needs to bring some control into their life at, at some point. So, so give For me sure. a sense of, of, of what kind of triggers and patterns and, and weaknesses that, that drive people to smoke that, that, that you think can be, can be helped to ours. Yeah, I think, first off, I think, um, I think understanding why you smoke is the very first thing. Do you smoke because you're bored? Do you smoke because you're with your friends? Or when you just get upset, right? So there's another thing. Understand your triggers on why you smoke. The second thing, after you understand your triggers understand your patterns behind those triggers. It's a bunch of like testing and a bunch of tracking that you're doing with yourself. But it's fun because you also get to do what you enjoy doing at the same time. So it's completely different for everyone. I'm going to continue to say that. But the first thing I would say is after you acknowledge acknowledge where you are, I would say track yourself, track how many times you use, track where you use, et cetera. And that will help you kind of get the ball rolling for yourself. Okay. And in terms of, of legalization, how, how do you think legalization, of course, in the various states that have legalized it and, and up here in Canada where we, it has been legalized nationally, do you think that's contributing to, to some of what you're talking about? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I think legalization is a lot of like, oh, we did it. Like what happened with Joe Biden this week. It's like, oh, we did it, right? But it's a, it's a, it, it's a lot of things that, that's going to fall under that in terms of like pure regulation. and. Um, I don't think we have those set up just yet. So I think a lot of people are like, hey, yes, weed is finally legal. Not necessarily, hey, how can we set it up to where it doesn't control us moving forward? 
Yeah. And have you found that uh, in your life and, and those around you that the perception of cannabis has, has changed over the course of time from, from back in the days when you first started? I'm watching it day by day. I'm watching it. My parents, I watched it from my parents. I watched it when I moved out here to Seattle and then I go back home to Georgia just to visit. I watched the differences. I watched the differences. You know, even you're seeing it in the day to day marketing now. You're seeing things starting to open up. Some of those gates starting to open up. So it's good to see. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's interesting that you mentioned President Biden doing the uh, the pardon for everybody who had been convicted of simple possession uh, just yesterday. What, what do you think about that? I think it's more unpacking to be done, but I'm grateful for where we're starting for sure. Yeah, it's certainly more unpacking to be well, done. And, and, and Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good start from where we were for sure. Well, it is. And, and I think that, that starts to recognize that perhaps there may be a move nationally in the States to, to move to that legalization if he's starting to think about things like that. Exactly. Exactly. Well said. So, so some tips for those who have, so let me give you a bit of a background from my perspective, Taurus. You identified a whole bunch of different reasons for smoking cannabis, and I don't think I fall into any of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I honestly, what I would That's a good say thing. when people ask me why I consume cannabis, it's because it brings an enhancement to my world, to, to the current things that I'm trying to do. I don't honestly sit down and smoke a joint because I'm having a rough day and I want to feel better. I don't do any of those things. So with that kind of context, what kind of tips would you advise for those who are fairly constant cannabis smokers to identify perhaps when there may be an issue that, that you may not be aware of? Are there, are there some triggers and, and identifying factors that, that one can point to? Yeah, I would say the first thing I would say, um, ask someone that you trust if it's controlling you. That's one of the ways. It's so hard for us to identify our own triggers and our blind spots, right? All the, a few couple of blind spots. So I would say ask someone that you trust that's close to you. And then second, really track and really understand when you use and what it does for you. For example, for me, I know I can't smoke from 9 a.m. through 1 p.m. each day. Why? Because I'm not worth shit for the rest of the day. I'm just gonna be, I get lazy, I get lethargic, like I'm just being honest, right? So understanding that and understanding that for yourself is definitely a huge tip. And lastly, I would say find a healthier way for, to use. It's so many different things coming out here nowadays, so many different creative things. Find a healthier way to use, and that'll give you that longevity you can use for however long you want, whenever you want, et cetera, for sure. And, and then, and then put, put your business before your pleasure, and you're going to be okay. That's ultimately what I'm saying, and don't let it smoke you. Don't let it control you. Put your stuff, your reward, your business, whatever you have to do before your pleasure, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, excellent. Now, no, you, you mentioned one thing that, that is also a challenge. You mentioned all the various ways we have to consume cannabis. All those other ways of consuming cannabis for many people don't work. And, and, and I'm one of them. The edibles don't do anything for me. The oils, I, I, I have some cannabis oil here. And, and, and I did a thing about a couple of weeks ago where I tried 10 milligrams of that every 10 minutes for about seven or eight times and didn't feel anything. <laughs> so, so that's the challenge for some of us. And I know that, that smoking is, is not good for my lungs. It, it, you know, I, I try to vaporize as much as I can. But what can you offer as advice, Taurus, for those who, who don't necessarily have the ability to try all these other methods. Is there anything that you've come across that, that you can advise for people like us? Ooh, nothing particular just yet. I would say, you know, start low and go slow, right? In terms of the milligram, the amount, right? Start low and go slow. I don't like doing other things either. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't like the gummies. I don't like the, the gels. I don't like that either. So start low with a low amount of whatever you're putting up 
and then go slow into how many times you use. That's how I can really just give you the, the start on the broad scape. Other than that, I would have to come to you individually and we have to dissect you and what you go through in order to give you a more legit start there. Okay, perfect. So what are you doing with all of this knowledge that you've gathered? You, you wrote the book, Don't Let It Smoke You. Mm -hmm. um, and yep. are, are you doing uh, talks and discussions with other people, taking this, taking this to others? Yeah, I'm taking it to others, jumping on podcasts just like this, trying to broaden the book, get the more book out there and the concept around the book out there. Looking to create a framework around the book now to really get it over to colleges. And I don't know if high schools would be legal for it, right? But hopefully we can push it that way. After we get the framework, hopefully it transitions and not hopefully it will, fingers crossed. We'll transition it to the movie when it comes federally. I think as it become legal federally, then people will start to say, hey, well, let's, let's make sure this doesn't get out of hand. Let's make sure people, kids are okay, you know. So hopefully we can push it that way and push it into a movie. So that's the goal behind it. Something completely bigger than where I'm at and where it's at for sure. And uh, I think it makes sense with the masses moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's very cool. It, it's a great story. I'm, I'm glad you wrote the book. There, there's certainly some insights in there for all of us. For sure. Do you find that there are people in your world that are have looked at you uh, in your cannabis use, writing this book, and are they in? Are they seeing the same kind of uh, changes that that you have seen in your life and commented on that? A lot. Let's say my family, family, like internally. Yeah, they're seeing some changes. They're seeing some changes on how I kind of act, my day-to-day -day things. Um, not completely different, you know, because I'm not telling you to stop. I'm not telling you that I stopped. I'm just saying how I know they control me. But they're definitely seeing some day-to-day -day changes, and hopefully um, hopefully they're getting some good stuff to kind of peel off that and speak to and, and hold on to for sure. Not bad changes, all good changes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's where I always hope he is for good changes, isn't it? <laughs> You know, but I'm not, but I'm gonna be honest, Gary. Before I go home to Atlanta, I go home to Georgia in Thanksgiving, right? I'm gonna smoke before I eat. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it. My my mom's gonna be like, "Hey, I thought you changed." I'm gonna say, "Mom, this is this is different." <laughs> this is Thanksgiving. Yes. This is Thanksgiving, so we'll, Mom. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, that's cool. I think that's a great that's a great way to be. Well, one thing I always like to do with people who come on the podcast is uh, ask my hot seat questions, because as you indicated, you do still consume, uh, not to the same level and, and to the same degree as, as perhaps you once did. So do you have a favorite cultivar? I would say right now it's, uh, it's Rick James by Gold Leaf. Oh, cool. So you got some weed that we can't access. <laughs> the, the brand is called Gold Leaf. The brain is called Rick James. I want to be clear on that. The brand is called Gold Leaf. Gold Leaf's a great brand, very organic, very pure. I love it. And, and the, the interesting thing I find about that is, is the, the major difference between our two countries. Uh, we can't have any names, uh, celebrity names associated to cannabis up here. So I find that very cool. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. Um, I didn't know that, that those restrictions were up, but uh, a lot of people are taking advantage over here in the U.S. Like, just taking advantage of these names. Yeah, we have just, uh, yeah. there's just been one. It's actually uh, put up by a Quebec company and it's a, it's a uh, cult bar called Tyson, um, obviously. Um, and they're also selling the, the Tyson Bites, you know, with a, with a, a, nice, <laughs> with a little piece of the ear. <laughs> and and okay. Quebec uh, has just said, no, we're not selling any of that. It's too associated to a celebrity. So that's interesting. Now, now how do Canadians like that? Do they, do they love it or are they kind of like, they, hey, it, There's varying this? opinions. Uh, I mean, there were those that just get the, we, we get the humor factor of, of the 
the the, the Tyson bites because I mean everybody remembers the story and, and and it doesn't really impact us. On the other side, Tommy Chong has a nephew living out of Alberta, and they have come up with a a Chong's weed. That's the only association I've seen really that hasn't been knocked down. I think that's going to change too. So that's cool. Do you prefer joints or vape terrace? Ooh, I prefer joints. Joints on my end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. And uh, edibles or flour? Flour. Okay. In your world, do you have a specific term for three and a half grams of cannabis? Ooh, yeah. We have a few terms. Okay. What are some of yours? We have, uh, um, we call it an eighth. Yeah. We, we call it a Vic. We call it, a, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. A Vic, a Vic is, a, is seven grams. Like Michael Vic. So we call, I'm sorry, you said 3.5. Um, I, it's been a while since I had those terms, but for the most part, we call it an eighth and we call it, um, yeah, that's pretty much the most part. Yeah. Okay. And the, the, the reason I asked that, we call it the same thing in, in, in BC, Western Canada, we call it an eighth. And the reason I started asking the question is we used to have customers come into the store. And the first time I heard this phrase, it was, can you give me a half quarter? And I said, what's a half quarter? Well, an eighth. <laughs> well, why not you half an eighth? No, no, we don't say that shit. That's too much. Okay. That's too much. <laughs> okay, that's very cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the conversation today, Taurus. Thank you for telling us all about Don't Let It Smoke You. Any final words for the Cannabis Podcast audience? No, I would say, um, I would say it's okay to get medicated while you get educated. Just don't let it control you. That's, that's it. Well, thank you very much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You as well. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner. Cultivar Corner. Oh, yeah. Cultivar Corner. Please explain this stuff to me. What are we doing today? Well, I got my Mendo order yesterday from Mendo Medical, and I decided to go for a little bit of a treat in this one, and we are doing Tommy's Craft Cannabis Pink Mandarin. So I put a couple of links in the show notes you can check out for yourself. Tommy's Craft Cannabis, their website itself is not all that exciting. In fact, it's just one page. But you can get a little bit of information from that. Plus then, I put the link to the page at Mendo Medical where you can see all the details about Tommy's Craft Cannabis. And let me tell you what we're talking about here. Get legendary with Tommy's Pink Mandarin. This potent pink-toned hybrid was expertly grown and hung dry with old-school techniques and 50 years of love for the planet. A cross between Dosi Do and Mandarin Sunset, it's packed with myrcene, caryophylline, and linalool, delivering big, unpunchy mandarin, bold florals, and herbs. Machine-trimmed weed is a bummer, man. At Tommy's Craft Cannabis, we take our time, always hung dry, hand-trimmed, and hand-placed inside a senior-friendly reusable container. Look out for big buds. We save the small nugs for our full flower pre-rolls. Now, of course, this is Canada we're talking about, where in Canada we can't have any celebrities associated with cannabis. So that's why Tommy's Craft Cannabis just stays at Tommy's Craft Cannabis. There's a couple of hints there. (laughs) When uh, one perfect line was, uh, where was it, man? Well, right there. <laughs> you get a sense of uh, of the history of, of where Tommy's Craft Cannabis began. Um, a relative of Mr. Tommy Chong is running Tommy's Craft Cannabis, as I believe. And good name to follow up because it certainly has a history of being associated with good cannabis. We're about to find out if that is the case. So it's about time to crack the seal. Now, there was another piece of information that I had 
Oh, it is. I haven't finished it yet. So always hung dry, hand trimmed, and hand placed inside a senior-friendly reusable container. Look out for big buds. We save the small nugs for our full flower pre-rolls. Now, one other thing of note that I find really interesting, because as we've talked about cannabis since the beginning of this podcast, we've noted that certain strains or cultivars from various LPs are only available in certain provinces. And yet each province, of course, has their own duty stamp associated to it. Now, as I look at the information for Pink Mandarin by Tommy's Craft Cannabis, it's available in Ontario, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. Let's see, where am I living right now? Oh, right. (laughs) This is British Columbia. So my package of Tommy's Craft Cannabis from Mendo has a Saskatchewan duty stamp on it. I hope I'm not breaking any laws by being in BC and seeing that stamp. That's part of the weirdness of our current cannabis laws that I still haven't figured out. Now, they referenced a senior container in here, and I'm going to suggest that is correct. Once you get the open package, and there we go, finally broke the seal. <laughs> when they reference the senior packaging, I think this is at least something smart. Now, it's still plastic. It's still contributing to the massive amounts of plastic from cannabis packaging that's out there. That's not a good thing, I know. But in terms of being accessible, we've talked about it. Some of the cannabis packaging out there is absolutely incredibly insane to get open. This one, it's marked. Pinch here. Pinch here on both sides. And guess what? The top pops right off. That is the way all cannabis containers should be. Oh. Mm, And there's the first smell of those 2.13% chirps. It's an indica-dominant hybrid. And the terpenes, have we covered those yet? I don't think we have. Well, I think we have caryophylline, linalool, and myrcene. THC is sitting at 21.47%. And interestingly enough, Pink Mandarin from Tommy's Craft also has enough CBG to be on the label. 1.4 milligrams of CBG and 12.2 milligrams of CBGA, cannabigerolic acid. Of course, the precursor to CBG. Mm, mm, mm. That is a delightful aroma. Mm, definitely some of the zest from the caryophylline and some spicy notes there. Oh, floral from the linalool. Mm. And finish it off with that nice earthy tones of the myrcene. Mm, mm, mm. We're off to a good start. Now, let's take out some of those buds and see the size we're talking about here and what have i got let's let me get out my scale let's do the whole let's do the whole nine yards and see that we are getting what we're supposed to be getting from tommy's craft cannabis well there's only four buds in the container so that's a good sign one bud is sitting at uh, 1.09 grams at a second bud and i'm out to 2.8 third i'm at three and then I'm at 3.45, just a little under. There might be a bit. Oh, yeah, there is a bit of. If I add the tiny bit of shake that's at the bottom of the container. Again, that's one of the disappointing aspects of using plastic. You can look in there and you can see there's just a scattering of trichomes collected to the side of that plastic. Because it attracts trichomes. That's the only downside. But everything else I'm really pleased with. As I said, there's two significant buds. And then two kind of off buds with that. We'll take those off buds and that will be the source for our joint and for our Crafty Plus. So let's take a peek at 
one of these buds with a jeweler's loop. And let's see what delights are awaiting us when we get deep into the bud. Oh, my, my. <laughs> okay, I guess not as frosty as I was expecting. THC with 21.4%. Definitely some chirps, no question about that. Or definitely some trichomes filled with some chirps and other cannabinoids. Mm. And, and in terms of the coloring... A lot, a lot of red hairs that are that are definitely on a pink. So a little, yeah, I kind of get where the pink is coming from. Mm, and, oh yeah, give that butt a little squeeze. Oh, and then more of that delightful, mm, 2.1% terpenes comes out. Mm, that's very, very sweet. As you cross up the buds, to get them ready for the joint. There's definitely some more of that aroma that kind of pumps out. So the pros for Tommy's Craft Cannabis Pink Mandarin, a delightful flavor, a really nice looking buds, uh, good size buds as well, and the senior friendly container. I love the fact that I can get that open without fighting with it. The cons, the container is still plastic and it's still attracting some of those delightful uh, trichomes off of your cannabis so that's a downside but the plus side like the container itself and i think i'm gonna like the weed inside well now we've got it we have my joint prepared and while the crafty plus is heating up let's start with the joint this is pink mandarin from tommy's craft cannabis at 21.47 percent thc and 2.13 percent terps As the last line in the uh, write-up says, dank and delicious. Slice me off a piece, man. I'm hungry. <laughs> okay. Some, as I said before, some of that caryophyllene note, a little bit of spiciness. The linalool giving me some floral notes. All very smooth. Mm-hmm. That tastes good from a joint perspective. Not a lot of flavor. As you know, I don't pick up too much notes in, in joints, typically. There's the occasional exception to that rule. It is cannabis, after all, and it's not always exactly the same from one to another. It would have been really nice to see this plant in its flowering stage with that that pink hues that they talk about, which you can pick up a little bit in the bud, as I say, with the red pistols just being a little bit lighter, I guess, in tone and texture to give that that pink feel. And after a couple hits on the joint, oh, starting to feel some happy eyes coming on. Let's jump to the Crafty Plus. Oh, and once again, the flavors just burst when you do the vaporizer. I've been playing with the temperature on it. I, I run it at about 179 Celsius, somewhere around there, 179, 180. I find if I go much hotter than that, it starts to burn. 
and, and it kind of hurts as it's going down. And, and a vaporizer, in my opinion, shouldn't hurt. That's one of the reasons you're using a vaporizer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once again, the taste that comes out of the vaporizer is just far superior to the joint. And regardless of which consumption method it was, here it comes. Oh, my. And I guess, <laughs> you know, we're always talking about the, the terpene profile and, and, and what is the terpene profile that, that hits you. And you know what? I think this is a magic three for me because my happy eyes are just coming in up gangbusters here. <laughs> I'm loving it. Caryophylline, linalool, myrcene. Definitely an indica dominant. And oh my, my, my. <laughs> I'm really impressed with how fast and how strong this is coming on. I honestly haven't had those happy, happy eyes <laughs> for a while. And, and I love the fact that we all have a different name for it. <laughs> but we all know what we're talking about when I say happy eyes. <laughs> it's that feeling just behind your eyes that THC brings just a magical feeling to it. I don't know. And I think you can also tell by the fact that I'm doing some <laughs> pretty much rambling now. <sighs> this 21.47% THC on my Tommy's Craft Pink Mandarin is giving me a nice buzz for the day. And that CBG. I have to do some further research and, and look at what the benefits we're talking about at, at CBG is. And again, my total turf sitting at 2.13%. Caryophylline, linalool, and myrcene. The three combinations, and for me, that seems to be just a magical trio. If you can get it, it might be worth picking up some Tommy's Craft Pink Cannabis for yourself. Give it a little taste. It'd be nice to see them get into other areas of the country so more people can sample that. Uh, but pretty happy with it nonetheless. I'm not in Saskatchewan, but I still enjoyed Tommy's Craft Pink Mandarin from Mendo. Mmm, <laughs> it's a pretty good bang. I haven't forgotten about you. I just wanted to get my thoughts together before I spoke again. <laughs> okay, maybe I had forgotten about it. <laughs> this is a story from Healthline.com. And I think this is a question that we all need better answers for. How long does a cannabis high last? A cannabis high can last anywhere from 2 to 10 hours, depending on a range of factors, which include how much you consume, how much tetrahydrocannabinol or THC it contains, your body weight and body fat percentage, your metabolism, whether or not you've eaten, your tolerance. Cannabis contains more than 113 chemical compounds called cannabinoids. Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, is one of those cannabinoids, and it's the ingredient responsible for making you feel high. Here's a closer look at the timeline of a Delta-9 THC high and tips for cutting things short. Hang on a sec, why would you want tips for cutting it short? <laughs> okay, that was an editorial comment. Back to the story. How long does it take to kick in? How quickly you feel the effects mostly depends on your method of use. Smoking or vaping, you'll begin to feel the effects of cannabis within 2 to 10 minutes. It kicks in quickly because it enters your bloodstream via your lungs within minutes of inhaling it. Eating. Your digestive system metabolizes pot when you eat it, which can take a while. 
Edibles usually kick in within 30 to 60 minutes, but can sometimes take as long as two hours. Dabbing. With this method, a highly concentrated form of marijuana is smoked through a special pipe. Dabs have a higher THC content than other forms of cannabis, so the high kicks in almost instantly. How long the effects last can vary greatly depending on the dose and potency. The more you use and the higher the THC content, the longer the effects will stick around. How you consume cannabis also affects when the effects peak and how long they last. Here's a breakdown according to Drugs and Me, a site by the Mental Health Education Foundation. Smoking or vaping? The effects peak around 10 minutes after consumption and typically last one to three hours, though they can linger for up to eight hours. <laughs> Editorial comments, if I might insert? <laughs> I wish. Like, the effects peak around 10 minutes, I'll agree with that part, but they last, for me, maybe 30, maybe 40 minutes on a good day. Back to the story. Eating. The effects of edibles usually peak around two hours after consumption and can last up to 24 hours. Dabbing. Similar to smoking, the effects of dabbing usually last one to three hours. If using a high THC concentrate, you could feel the effects for an entire day. Cannabis hits everyone differently. So while your high may only last for a couple of hours, you could potentially feel the come down or after effects for several hours or through the next day. It's best to go low and slow if you're new to cannabis. And again, I guess that's one thing that I have to say is positive in, in my cannabis consumption. I don't really have any come down or after effects. Don't feel any of that can honestly say. Is there any way to end a high faster? Which I understand people with low tolerance will sometimes want to do. Here are a few pointers based on anecdotal evidence and some research. Take a nap. Sleeping can help you relax if your high has you feeling anxious or paranoid. It also gives your body time to process and eliminate the cannabis. You'll likely wake up feeling refreshed and more alert after a few winks. Try some black pepper. There is some evidence that caryophylline, a compound in peppercorn, increases the sedative effects of THC, which could calm you. Just take a container of black pepper and have a sniff without inhaling it. Chewing on a couple of white peppercorns also works. Eat some pine nuts. Some research shows that pinene, a compound in pine nuts, has a calming effect and improves clarity. Skip this method if you have a tree nut allergy, though. There's some good advice. And that's the first time I personally have heard pine nuts used as a reference with having pinene and a way to reduce your high. Try some CBD. It may sound counterintuitive, but CBD may counteract the effects of THC. Like THC, cannabidiol or CBD is a cannabinoid. The difference is the receptors in your brain that they interact with. THC causes the high you get from cannabis, but CBD has a calming effect that may help dull your high. And have some lemon peel. Lemons, especially the peel, contain compounds that have a calming effect. In theory, Ingesting some lemon peel could counteract some of the psychoactive effects of THC and help you come down. Try steeping some in hot water for a few minutes, then remove them and take some sips. What about extending it? If you're looking for a longer-lasting high, consider sticking with edibles. They take longer to kick in, but the effects will hang around longer, which can be a big help if you're using cannabis for medical purposes. You might also redose or try a higher THC strain for a longer high, but know that you'll also have to deal with more intense effects. For a seasoned consumer, this is probably not a big deal, but a newbie may find the effects of a bigger dose to be a bit much. There are some anecdotal methods for extending your high on the internet, like eating mango, but there's no evidence to back any of these up. Some websites recommend drinking alcohol with cannabis to extend your high, but it isn't the best idea. Drinking before using cannabis, even just one drink, can heighten the effects of THC. This combo can cause some folks to green out and experience some pretty unpleasant symptoms, including nausea, vomiting, dizziness, sweating, and increased impairment. 
This combo doesn't work great in the other direction either. Using cannabis before drinking can minimize the effects of alcohol, meaning you'll feel less drunk than you are, which makes it easy to get overly intoxicated. And we'll finish with some tips for first-timers. If you're new to cannabis, keep these tips in mind. Start with a low THC strain. Keep your dose low and wait at least two hours before redosing, and especially if using edibles. Try it when you have a chunk of free time to ride out the high, like on your day off. Have a water handy to help avoid dry mouth and a cannabis hangover. Eat something before getting high, and be sure to have snacks on hand because the munchies are real. Having some food beforehand can also reduce potential side effects. Avoid mixing cannabis with alcohol or other substances, and have a friend with you in case you become anxious or have a bad reaction. And let's remember something that was brought up by my listener, Stephen, that I have not mentioned a whole lot, and that is also intent. Understand your intent for why you are consuming cannabis, and that will contribute to a better experience for you when you have the right intent, and it all comes down to completing that intent with your true purposes. And there is a story from Healthline.com. From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And since I finished that last story with a reference to Stephen, let me offer some humble apologies to Stephen. Stephen sent me his cannabis story a, a couple, I guess, probably a couple, three weeks ago now. But I never did thank him for the cannabis story. Now, the reason why you haven't heard it, as Stephen admitted when he wrote it, it's really long. It's like 10, 11 pages of the cannabis story. Uh, an interesting story, but way too much for me to condense into a story on here. But I did want to acknowledge the fact that, that Stephen contributed that. I appreciate the effort that you took to, to put that together, Stephen. The reason I reference that is today I'm featuring another cannabis story. It's a very interesting story. This one is from Grace, and it's also about the right length. <laughs> and I'm going to pick up her story with this line. And it will sound odd, but this is now Grace speaking. I'm a Canadian woman, and I buy most of my cannabis through the medical system. It's been really helpful for my anxiety, depression, and sleep issues, and works better for me than the conventional prescriptions did. For someone with my issues, relaxing and having fun is both medical and recreational. A lot of my usage is CBD, and it's improved my health in several ways beyond what I expected from it. Compared to the conventional SSRIs I've taken, this has been more effective, more flexible, and has more side benefits than side effects. My THC tolerance is low so I have as much fun as you do while spending less to get there. I rarely want or need more than 10 milligrams of THC at once. I vape mere pinches of herb with my Dynavet, and I chop those two small edibles you have heavyweights laugh at into one to two milligram bits. I'd be on board with larger packets of said edibles, but I need that fine control over the dose. It lets me be functional on really bad days, or be just elevated enough to get through visits with my dysfunctional family without them noticing anything awry. They refused to take even Tylenol for their arthritis, so they'd probably be grudged until they died that I showed up on drugs. The CBD arthritis cream I bought for them last Christmas as a test has not even been opened, despite it being the hemp-derived kind without the stigmata of the red leaf stop sign and yellow warning box. I can't smoke or be near smoke due to having asthma since childhood. That's one big reason why I never tried cannabis early in life. I was also so square and ignorant that either nobody offered or I could not tell that they did offer. I only took it up after legalization, after doing my research about topics like dosage, cultivars, categories, and non-smoking formats. My whole stash is labeled and tested so I always have a handle on what and how much I'm taking and roughly what I should expect. This is great except that I can't bond with others over the mystery cannabis experiences and much too high stories I don't have. 
I'm happy with most of my cannabis experience so far, but there's a few things I'd change. I want to smell and taste a small amount of flour before buying more. Consumption lounges for sampling medical and recreational product lines would do nicely. So would taster packs. A taster pack would be one gram or less of one or more cultivars ideally selected by the buyer. I say one gram or less because for a lightweight like me, that's 10 to 20 doses already. It's taken me over two years to finish off a merely tolerable 5-gram jar bought in April 2020, and that's not even the oldest jar in the stash box. Thanks to the mail-order medical system where we must buy flowers sent unsmelled, my stash box is clogged with hundreds of dollars of product that I would not have bought if I'd been able to try it first. The biolists get turned into infused oil butter, but then the whole ground floor stinks despite all my anti-stink precautions. More importantly, there are only so many hours of the week that I can be stoned before giving up other worthwhile activities like earning a living. I would hate to waste the stuff, but what am I supposed to do with it all? I finally found a social intoxicant that I like, but there's no social places to go enjoy it. I've gone through life with the social handicap of mostly not drinking, including during two university degrees, because alcohol tastes nasty to me. When do I get the same social luxuries as people who like alcohol have enjoyed since forever? I want there to be bars and clubs and restaurants where people can enjoy cannabis together while hanging out with friends or meeting new people or dancing and eating fabulous food. And I need plenty of them to be non-smoking. Asthma attacks are not fun. A non-smoking but pro-vaping venue would probably be okay for me with enough ventilation. Most of all, I'd like to have friends to get stoned with. I don't know how most of my friends feel about cannabis. I'm scared to ask. And I've been really short on friend time for spotting post-legalization clues. The pandemic started before I was ready to tell anyone. And I haven't wanted my post-pandemic catching up to turn into, Hi, I turned into a stoner during lockdown. You see why holding a use-up-the-stash party is not an option yet? Also, unlike glasses, guest vapes would be an expensive party supply. Turning it around, cannabis enthusiasts seem to assume that all other cannabis enthusiasts smoke. I don't and I can't. I can vape flower, but I can't even be near smoke. So between asthma and COVID, there is no puff-puff pass for me. How do I find cannabis friends as an anxious introvert who has trouble with both asking friends for visits and finding new potential friends? Thanks for listening. Grace. Now that's a really interesting cannabis story. Thank you so much for sharing, Grace. And a perspective that clearly I haven't spent a whole lot of time covering since the introduction of the Cannabis Podcast. That's one of the reasons why I thought it would be interesting to ask for your cannabis stories so we can get a broader perspective of what everybody is interested in. And I know that not everybody is into smoking, and clearly that is the intent, or rather the emphasis of this podcast. Interesting story, Grace. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you once again for being a listener. If you ever have a comment on anything you hear on the Cannabis Podcast, please send a note to info at CannabisPodcast.com. If you would like to be a supporter of the podcast or help in other ways, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Cannabis Podcast. Check out your options there, and if you like what you hear and you feel so inclined, you can even buy me a doobie. Thanks so much for being a part of the ride. That's episode 108 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 
Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network.